It's September 11th, and you're listening to the Magnificent Fantasy Football Show. September 11th on a Thursday and very late on a Thursday so sorry y'all for the delay this week work has been kicking my ass kind of like how last week's slate also kicked my ass and like most people last week's slate was an ass kicker and that's okay you know what We're just kind of following this pattern. Hit it one week, don't hit it the next. Hit it one week, don't hit it the next. It's just the way it goes. You know? And that's that's just the way it goes. That's what you gotta kind of prepare yourself for. And just kind of looking at... Okay, looking at this list last week. Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Austin Eckler, Kamara, and Booker. Not too good. I mean, Zeke, we know what happened there. Not the game script anybody expected. Broncos just spanked him. Dalvin. Dalvin had like 80 yards rushing in the first quarter and then took him until the fourth quarter to break a 100-yard rushing mark. And he had two goal line carries that stopped at the inch line. So he should have had a much bigger day. Austin Eckler um, came in below expectations. Uh, Alvin Kamara, he, he did good. He was the top priced running back, so probably should have done better. Devonta Booker, happy with that call. Very contrarian, 5,900. He hit. But if you're like me, I was way too terrified to actually click the button on him. Wide receivers, Mari Cooper, the cheap coop. Didn't do it. Judge Judy, Jerry Judy, he did all right. At his price point, six catches, 60-some yards, not bad. Hunter Renfro, nailed it. Um, Didn't build with him in my final lineup, but had him for a while, so I effed that one up. Uh, Not really a touchdown target, Renfro. He's going to get the targets, just not so much in the end zone. He actually has surprisingly higher yards per reception than I thought he would. But he's a volume-dependent type of guy. Not expected to, you know, go over the 100-yard receiving tally to get that bonus. And touchdowns will be few and far between for him. Diggs, decent volume, not a huge ceiling game for him. We had Hollywood. We, find, we hit on one wide receiver. Definitely going to call that one, but guess what? Basically, everybody called that one. Everyone liked Hollywood against the Cowboys. Or, sorry, against the Vic, the Vikings. And Debo didn't do it, but Kittle's back. He did it. I didn't have him on my list, though. Tight ends, I only had Albert O. Yuck. Albert O, what the hell? Whatever. You know what? You're still a freak athlete, and maybe you would have been amazing if uh, if the Cowboys would have been playing from ahead like they're supposed to. <sighs> Had Darren Waller here. I can't remember what Waller did, but who cares? Let's move on from this putrid week nine, and let's 
Let's fucking crush it in week 10. How about that? How about that? Get a load of that. Uh, you know what? Why not? Why not, I say? Thursday night showdown. Not sure if anybody's going to listen to this before the showdown tonight, so we'll just cover it really quickly. <clears throat> We've got... Oh my gosh, hold on. Hold on just one one quick little second, if you would, please. Because this is something we should be doing every single week. And uh, especially at this time of year, as we get into it, we need to look at weather games because that drastically changes things, especially if on the forecast, they're projecting a little light rain down in Miami. So this is a rain game. And this is how I kind of look at it. NFL Week 10 Weather Report. Weather Report. And then I just type Roto, and it just pulls it up for me. Look at that. The NFL Weather Report for Week 10. Here's what we got, folks. Let's look at the weather games first. So tonight, it's rainy. Expected to be 76 degrees with a 16% chance of rain at 820. Showers and thunderstorms may lead to delay at Hard Rock Stadium. Oh, great. Light winds. Okay, 16% chance of rain. I'm not going to have that influence my decision too much. Um, If it was a huge rain game, like we've seen those in the past, you attack the ground game. Uh, Both offenses, if they're playing in the rain, they run the ball a lot. That's been proven. More likely, there would be turnovers. Data supports that as well. Um, Wide receivers don't do too good. Running backs get a bump. More chances of interceptions and fumbles. But with 16% chance of rain, there might be some sprinklage. But it's just not going to freak me out enough to influence my decisions. And we have our first snowy game, Lions and Pittsburgh. 29% chance of snow for that game. Pretty low chance of snow. And it's 34 degrees, so I I don't think that's going to influence me too much. And that's all we got. So rain tonight, 16% chance of rain tonight in Miami. And then when the Lions face the Steelers, they might they have a 29% chance of snow. So we crossed that off the list. We did our due diligence and the showdown slate. We got the Dolphins with Tua. Tua's going to be out there throwing the ball tonight, folks. I believe that's confirmed. Tua tag Gurba Viola. Tag Viola. He plays Viola. Uh, Tua. Just sorry for, <laughs> for a little delay here. Doing my own research, too. Tua is questionable. Beasley suggests it's a game day decision. Okay. Who cares? Honestly, doesn't really change how I think about this game. Um, we got we got Waddle and we got Gesicki. And that's all you got to think about in this offense. I'm not a huge fan of Gaskin. 
Dalvin Cook was the first 100-yard rusher against this Ravens defense dating back to 2019. That's what they kept saying on the television. And even though Dalvin almost did it in the first quarter, um, I don't think Gaskin is, is primed for a big a big gay. A big, <laughs> a big gay. A big day. I don't think he's primed for a big day. And uh he needs to get targets if he if he's gonna do anything good. And he might get some targets. Um I, I don't I don't remember really anything supporting uh Running backs getting a ton of targets against the Ravens defense, so I, I'm I'm just rejecting <clears throat> this volume has to flow to Waddle and Gasicki. They both line up in the slot. And looking at Humphrey and Averett, we're saying Anthony Averett is like the most targeted cornerback in the NFL this year, which is kind of surprising. I mean, just in some primetime matchups that I've watched, he actually looks pretty good. He was all over Tyreek Hill a lot in that game. He did pretty good. Um, but Waddle and Gasicki living in the slot. And Averett and Humphrey rarely going into the slot. You're going to see high volume to Waddle and Gasicki, and I'm not going to get cute with Gaskin and try to work that in. So I'm targeting those two for sure. Um, I guess you could add quarterback there as well. On the other side of the ball, Howard and Jones, I know people aren't afraid of them, but I am, and I don't like Brown or Watkins in this game. Bateman working the slot could be very interesting. Uh, he, I mean, he filled in for Watkins, so he's been playing on the outside, and it doesn't really matter because Mark Andrews is their slot wide receiver. So sure, Bateman will get some work in the slot, Mark Andrews is primed for a huge day. And what do you do against this Miami defense? You run the ball on them. And guess who the running back is for the Ravens? Is it uh, Latavius Murray? Is it uh, Devonta Freeman? Is it Le'Veon Bell? No, it's Lamar Jackson. So Lamar Jackson and the Ravens slot wide receiver, Mark Andrews. Lock them in. So the way I kind of construct this, I try to understand who has, who do I think has the best points per dollar ratio to find the value for that captain slot. But really, I like all of them. So I just try to see what a lineup looks like with each one of those four guys in your captain slot and build that way. End of advice. Going out of the main sleeve, we're starting with Atlanta going to Dallas or Arlington, Texas. Excuse me. Okay, so we got in this game uh, 55 over-under. Very high over-under on the slate. Dallas is favored by 8.5, so you're projecting Dallas to be playing from ahead in a high, um, very, very high point total in this game. Likely going to have Gallup back. I don't know if that changes how I think about this Dallas offense versus this um, Falcons defense too much. I'll say Terrell. AJ Terrell, Terrell has been lights out this year. He's been playing very good, very hard to attack. Uh, The guy is lining up on the perimeter and it's 
funny this year because CeeDee Lamb was the slot wide receiver last year. Uh, this year, he's lined up in the slot for 91 snaps, lined up out wide for 388 snaps. So he's the outside perimeter wide receiver. You should see a lot of AJ. Guess what? Mari Cooper in the slot, 153 snaps, out wide, 309 snaps. So he's more of the slot wide receiver here. And Gallup has never been a slot wide receiver. So if he's back, I expect Schultz and Cooper to work in the slot and find a lot of um, green grass. And, I mean, Foster Moreau, very athletic, decent on the other side, but very, very beatable. They'll definitely be able to exploit him. So I actually really like Cooper in this game with a high point total. Uh, AJ, I could, I don't know if he would actually shadow Lamb or Cooper, to be honest. But with Cooper's usage in the slot, I think he has better odds to go off and at a lower price point. You got to like that. Cooper comes in at... Where's my Armari Cooper? 6,200. Got to love that. And he was 57 last week and burned people, so... I don't know. (laughs) I think that could be a really good one. A really good one, people. Dalton Schultz. Going to get some work at 5K, very expensive at the tippy top of the list there for tight end. So if I'm putting down anybody here, it's going to be Cooper. And will it be Zeke also? Or Zeke, sorry. Zeke comes in at 7K. Uh, He's a little banged up after last week. Um, I don't know. I could, Cowboys have just been a little too conservative this year with injuries and the way uh, Tony Pollard has been playing. I'm going to fade Zeke this week because I think Pollard could get a little bit more work. So if we're going to do anybody here, it's going to be Dak Prescott number one because he's going to throw the ball a lot. And if they're limiting Zeke, Maybe that limits goal line carries and funnels passing touchdowns to Dak more. Maybe Dak runs more. Maybe he gets a rushing touchdown. So love Dak this week, especially when he just looked terrible last week. And he comes in at a very good value. Um, Dak Prescott coming in at 6,900. He's the sixth-ranked quarterback this week. You got to expect, we'll get to the other side of the ball, but you got to expect Matt Ryan at 6K to be the highest owned quarterback of this slate with this type of over-under. So Dak Prescott could be a very interesting way to get different. So love Dak, love Cooper in this game. And what about them Falcons? Who dat? Who dat is the Falcons and Patterson? You know what? <laughs> I don't know. Patter- okay. Calvin Ridley being out certainly builds the case for, I'm going to just call him Corduroy. Corduroy Panterson. Uh, so Corduroy Pants definitely builds the case for him with Calvin Ridley out. Um. Cowboys have been pretty good defending running backs. 
So kind of a Swiss army knife like that. I mean, he's going to need a lot of catches and he's been getting that. He had his first hundred yard receiving game this year last week. But if you look at all of his games, he has to get a touchdown or really just has to get a touchdown to hit. Pulling it up really quick here. Oh, I mean, he run, he gets like maybe for the most part, he'll get under 10 rushing attempts. And then he averages like six targets a game. So I get it. The guy's been killing it, but it's just not enough volume. He really has to make those touches count. And for a 30 year old Corduroy Panterson, I'm just going to stay away. And I think a lot, I think that will be a very unpopular opinion. A lot of people will be like, you know what? He's too good. High over under. Corduroy Pants is going to hit at 66. I'm just going to say no. And I think the safest pass catcher here is Kyle Pitts. Love Kyle Pitts. I mean, you attack the Cowboys in the slab and saying that all year. And with the high point total, Pitts is going to get a ton of volume and he's going to be able to exploit the matchups the most. And so I just love it. 5,800. If you think about him as like, honestly, in this game, think about him as like a Keenan Allen plus. And he's at 5,800. So you can put Keenan Allen in his prime at your tight end spot. Yes, please. I'm not going to think twice about Kyle Pitts this week. Kyle Pitts, you're my buddy this week. All right, Kyle Pitts. Um, you know, Zacchaeus, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, he was the slot wide receiver last week, and Gage was Gage. Gage was operating on the perimeter. Um, and Gage is typically the slot wide receiver. So I'm just kind of curious to see how that shakes out. I'm not thrilled about the prospects of Tajay Sharp this week. I do like him as a wide receiver. I think he will be able to exploit some matchups, just not predicting it here. Uh, I think Matt Ryan will spread the ball out pretty evenly to all non-Kyle Pitts contributors. So Matt Ryan getting over 300 yards passing and Kyle Pitts just killing it this week. I love it. So pretty good if you ask me with a high over under like that. You're wondering where the volume is going to go. We we narrowed it down to both quarterbacks, Mari Cooper and Kyle Pitts. So I like that. All right. We got through one game on the main slate. Now we're going to go to NOLA is going to Tennessee. Where we expect some scattered clouds. All right, so New Orleans has a very good defense, and Lattimore is probably going to see a lot of A.J. Brown. Julio Jones could get loose in this game, and it's going to have to funnel to him. I don't know why I've been trying to talk myself out of Julio Jones just looking at this earlier in the week, but looking at how this matches up, Veteran Julio Jones facing a lot of Paulson Debo. Uh the six foot one rookie 
third round rookie this year. I don't Julio Jones could just kill it. But who knows if Vladimir is solely going to Shadow Brown, AJ. I don't know. So I I'm definitely gonna put Julio Jones down on this list. He only comes in at is it 40, 54? 54 hundo for Julio Jones. It's pretty freaking crazy. So, yeah, he could definitely have a ceiling game and look like Julio of old in this game where they might have to keep up, but it could also just be a defensive, um, what's it called, possession battle. Because if you think Trevor Simeon versus Red Hot Titans defense is going to be lighting it up, I don't know. So looking, what what has been making the Titans defense so red hot? They have two of the best uh, safeties in uh, Kevin Biard. <laughs> I don't know why I always say it like that, but he's the number one PFF ranked free safety. And then Monty Hooker is the number three ranked strong safety. So going to be tough to beat them deep. Going to be tough um, to run on them or get any breakaway runs. So Kamara could certainly get the volume, get the targets. But I don't see a ceiling game for him, so he stays off there. Traquan Smith could do okay. Um, Chris Jackson. I don't know if this headshot's just tripping me up. Look at Chris Jackson's headshot. He's a second-year pro. Drafted last year, seventh rounder. He's just wearing a polo, a Chicago Bears polo, and he looks like an assistant coach. So check that out. It's weird. Um, He's not doing good this year. (laughs) So I don't know. You got got me on this one. And I, I think Jack Rabbit Jenkins, he officially changed his name, didn't he? At the ripe age of, what is he, 33? So his official name is now legally Jack Rabbit. Jack Rabbit. Um, yeah, Callaway, Smith, Harris. Sure. Uh, if Simeon can uh, get the ball moving. I don't know. I'm staying away from this one. The over-under is, what, 44? Low point total. Titans favored by three. So I think Julio Jones could do good. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just not too appealing. He makes the list. Needless to say, and that's it from that game. And we'll go to Jags, going to Indy. And um, we'll start with Wentz. God, Jags defense. They really they really took it to the Bills last week. Um, And maybe it's real. Maybe it is real. So... <clears throat> Let's just pretend like it is real because these PFF grades look pretty good. They have strong defensive ends, um, strong slot cornerback coverage. Uh, Shaquille Griffin has been doing very good recently. So it makes a downgrade for Pittman. They're really going to have to lean on the running backs and the tight ends. So you're going to have the trio of tight ends doing their thing. And you're going to have Jonathan Taylor, teen, 90s teen heartthrob Thomas, 
doing his thing in this game. Uh, Jags have been okay at stopping the run this week. So I think I think he's one of those red hot guys that everyone's going to be on this week and he's maybe going to get under 20 points. So he might disappoint and we're going to stay away, let people play that game at their own discretion. Maybe Hines gets some extra touches this week, but I'm not going to put him on the list either. And then Trevor Lawrence versus this defense that can stop the run. So James Robinson, not a good game for you. But if Lawrence is healthy and he can be mobile, uh, I think some of his wide receivers can get loose. I think he's going to have a good game for his price point at 53. So Trevor Lawrence, you're in consideration at quarterback. QB, Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Okay. That's it. I'm not going to guess which wide receiver does it, because I think all three of them could do it, including Agnew, Marvin Jones, and Chenault. But Trevor Lawrence for 53, it's worth it. All right, Cleveland going to Foxborough. And we've got, uh, by the way, Jacksonville game was at a 47.5 point total. Indy's favored by 10.5. Jags having to throw a lot. That's why I like Trevor Lawrence. <clears throat> so Cleveland and Patriots game is at 45 over under. And Mac Jones, what do you got, bud? You're facing a pretty darn tough defense, Rook. Um, I think it would serve him best to target uh, Henry, Hunter Henry, and Jonu Smith. Um, Jacoby Myers, just get that ball out and survive, man. That's all I got to say. And who's the running back going to be? I don't know. Brandon Bolden. So if uh, Harris and... Um, rheumatoid arthritis are both out then uh yeah bolden's gonna get a lot of targets and he's cheap so he makes a list if both those guys are out but we're gonna just avoid a, a guy with an asterisk on the list this week just keep that one in mind if you need a cheap running back and tight ends yeah i don't know staying away nothing's good there and Baker Mayfield. All right, so this defense is pretty tough. <clears throat> it's tough to predict. I think, obviously, you attack, you attack the Patriots defense on the ground, and that's what everyone's pro- projecting here. So Dernis Johnson being the only healthy running back for this team. They have a great line. Johnson proved his vision. He kind of looks like Le'Veon Bell back there, just waiting for blocks to develop and then doing a quick juke and hitting the hole. (laughs) So Johnson has a ceiling game in this one. Everyone's going to be on it. He's extremely cheap. Um, He's the chalk of the week at 4,700. He'll probably have like 40% ownership, but who cares? It's worth it. And in, our own personal <laughs> Rocco's kitchen. He'll have 100% ownership. If he doesn't, then you're an idiot. So Durnest 1000% makes it staying away from pass catchers versus this tough secondary. But yeah, that's, that's some good chalk there. First running back on the list so far. 
Dernest Johnson. All right. Moseying on here to Bills. Bills and Jets. Bills couldn't get it done versus the Jags last week. Jets kind of remind me of of the Jags' defense, to be honest. They have great safeties. Oh, sorry, I'm looking at the Bills' defense. (laughs) Bills' defense is very good. We already know that. So when you're looking at Mike White, he's already done it against other tough defenses. Can he do it against the Bills? I don't think so. What's the over-under on this? 47.5, I'd go under there. Not projecting a lot of points here in East Rutherford, New Jersey, um, this fine Sunday. But a lot of targets that are going to float around to a lot of different wide receivers. I think Mike White, he could go over 300 yards passing. I don't know if he has a touchdown or more than one touchdown, but there's going to be a lot of targets going to both running backs, going to the tight end, going to three or four wide receivers. So if you do anyone, it's Mike White, but I'd rather just go Trevor Lawrence for 200 more. So we're going to avoid that. We're going to flip it. And the Jets defense does not remind me of the Jags defense. It's worse defense. You attack them pretty much anywhere you want. They're a little tougher in the slot. And I'm telling you, I keep seeing highlight plays by CJ Mosley. He doesn't get the PFF love, but the guy has just been surprising me every game, every snap I watch the Jets play, which isn't a lot. So decent, decent line, excuse me, uh, decent linebacking core. Very beatable on the outside. Um, yeah, I don't know. Diggs might be worth it, might not. It's just not an exciting game for me. And even if Zach Moss is out, I'm not even slightly interested in starting Devin Singletary. I think the Bills can just kind of spread it out, get it done, and move on in this low point total. So that's it. Fuck that. And Detroit, Detroit, you're going to pity, pity city, Pittsburgh. And it might be the first snow game of the year. And in the slot, we're seeing Ray Ray McLeod, no thanks, on the Pittsburgh side of the ball. Um, definitely a ceiling game for um, Najee Harris coming up. Yeah, Chase Claypool is hurt. Doesn't sound like he's going to play. Friermuth is in a good spot, but Eric Ebron is coming back, so I don't know how that's going to impact his snap count. And honestly, they could just lean on Harris's entire game and just get it done. They're not going to stop him. So Najee Harris, 79 hundo. Second RB on the list so far. Absolutely on the list. God, he is in a, such a good spot. It's going to be hard to not have him. Najee Harris. And that's it. Uh, Detroit. What do you got? What do you got for us? Got anything? It's a tough defense that you're facing. Tough, tough D line. Um, Swift. I guess it's all price dependent. DeAndre Swift, sixty-eight hundred. <clears throat> uh, I don't think so. I don't think I'm into that. Versus Philly, Philly a much easier D 
defense to run against. DeAndre Swift had 12 attempts, 27 rushing yards. That's a 2.3 yards per carry average. And he had five catches, five targets for 24 yards. That's a 4.8 yards per reception average. I don't like it. No, thanks. I think Hawkinson got it done in that game. And that's a better matchup also. But this offense has just been so bad. He had 11 targets. So Hawkinson got 11 targets. He's going to be the guy to go to in this game. He's at 5,500. So Kyle Pitts, 300 or 500. What is he? Yeah, he's only Kyle Pitts is only 300 more than Hawkinson. I don't know. I still like Pitts more, but you could consider, you could talk yourself into Hawkinson in your flex if you wanted to. Um, Just based on that volume, I kind of think of him as a high-volume wide receiver with touchdown upside, so why not? We'll put TJ on here. TJ Hawk. Okay. Next, we got Tampa Bay going to Washington. Play the football as this team in Landover. Okay. <clears throat> Heineke versus this Bucks defense. This is how we've seen other teams attack the Bucks defense is with um, receiving running backs. So McLaurin will see Dean all day long. Um, DeAndre Carter is going to get some looks, but not the best matchup. I could see Seals Jones emerging. He's, he was that hot start for a few weeks, a few weeks back. Now people just want to forget about him. But he's actually in a decent spot at 3,700, I got to say. I'm surprised by that. And I was thinking a lot about this. Miles Gaskin and the Dolphins versus the Bucks didn't run the ball. Didn't try to run the ball. Cowboys didn't try to run the ball. Um, guess who had a good game? Wasn't it, didn't Pollard have a good game versus the Bucks? I think he did do pretty good. But Gaskin had ten catches versus the Bucks defense and blew up that week. So J.D. McKissick at fifty-two hundred, really operating as their number two wide receiver. He's going, he's, he got eight targets last week. I imagine he is the game plan this week. I imagine a lot of people are going to be off of him. And at 5,200, he's going to be, especially in DK, in PPR format, he is going to feast, in my opinion. And I'm surprised by Ricky Seals-Jones in his matchup, um, but he's going to need to get some volume. But... God, I just remember. Okay, let's just look at Ricky Seals-Jones. They were on bye last week. So since Ricky Seals became a thing, he got nine targets, six targets, seven targets, four targets. So yeah, week eight, he burned everybody. He burned me. I played him. I would have won Rocco's Kitchen. Um, He got a catch at the very end of the game, but then they rolled him out of bounds. And that was the difference for me. <laughs> Stupid two-yard pass. Okay. So, Ricky Seals could really surprise, I think. He 
is at 37. JD McKissick at 52. I just, I think it's sneaky. He's the sneaky snake of the week. JD, I think he's going to feast. Um, and that's, I'm not just biased because I've, I've got him and started in one of my leagues. Actually didn't have him started. It's going to go with, uh, Moore from the Jets, Elijah Moore, but saw this matchup with JD and just saw some of the history and I, I love it. JD McKissick, yes, please. And Ricky Seals, why not? It's weird to have. Okay, Ricky Seals, whatever. Okay. And the Bucks. I mean, obviously, with no Antonio Brown and with what Godwin has been doing without Antonio Brown. Versus defense that is pretty good on the perimeter. Not as good as people, you know, they don't get the credit they deserve, rightfully so. But I think the defense has been playing a lot better lately. Um, Chase Young and uh, Jonathan Allen have been playing very well lately. They're going to put pressure on Brady. Brady's smart. He's going to get the ball out quick. And that's Godwin's game. Evans is a fade for me even though he could blow up and people think he will. I just think, I don't know. I don't think it's going to be in the game plan. I think Godwin's going to blow up again. I know he missed practice yesterday, but I think just more so because, hey, it's Chris Godwin. We're going to feed this dude. Let's rest him up. We're out of bye week. He didn't practice Thursday either. Great. I don't know. He's just one of those guys. I don't think he needs a practice. He'll be fine. If I'm wrong and he's out, then uh, Tyler Johnson. That's interesting to me. Stay tuned. But Chris Godwin, he makes the list. And that's it. Um, Oh, I will say. Leonard Fournette. This linebacking core is not the best. Bucks have a great old line. And I see a lot of this volume just funneling to Uncle Lenny Fournette. And to Chris Godwin. So those are my two plays for the Bucks. That's what I got there. Um, and in this game, what is it? 51 point total? Wow. Okay. So points to be had. And Chris Godwin didn't mention it, but he's 7,100. And um, Leonard Fournette, very affordable for running back this week at 61. Really hard to say no to both of those guys. I think they're both undervalued. All right, next up, we got Carolina Panthers. They're going to Glendale, Arizona, face those 8-1 rascally Cardinals. So what do we got on this one? We got Kyler Murray is back in action, and he should have Hopkins back in A.J. Green, so he's got his guys playing against a pretty tough defense. I don't think they're going to be able to contain them so I don't want to start this defense against the cards, but pretty darn tough defense. It's going to limit ceiling games, the opportunity for ceiling games out of the Cardinals, so we're staying away, and if story, no James Conner talk. Done. Other side of the ball. Um, Philip Walker. He's getting the start in this one. Panthers just signed Cam Newton, so it doesn't give him a lot of confidence. Uh, Sam Darnold can be on the IR for at least four weeks. But P.J. Walker versus defense, really tough line. They're going to want to commit to the run. They're not going to have a lot of success doing it. McCaffrey's going to get his targets. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I I think there's still hope for Walker. I know he, he did well in the XF, XFL. I actually remember watching one of his games. Looked great. I think he can lead the team. He has a great supporting cast. But in the tough game, um, can't imagine the over-under being too high in this one. It's at 44.5. Yeah, Cardinals favored by 10.5. I'm just staying away from this game altogether. No, thank you. And now we're going to look at Vikes going to Chargers. So, Herbert. Uh, he's going to throw the ball quite a bit in this one. Vikings pretty good at covering running backs. Not too thrilled about the prospects of Eckler. So, love, love Keenan Allen, love Mike Williams, love Herbert, and that's it. The dog agrees, apparently. Um... Well, let's let him keep barking in your ear for a second before I pause and decide to do something about it. So we got we got Keenan Allen at 7K. That's a little rich for my blood. Because Keenan, he, he definitely needs the volume. Um, doesn't get a ton of touchdowns. He has to get that 100-yard point total. I think that's asking a lot for Keenan Allen. I'd rather spend $100 more for Chris Godwin. I don't think I want to build with both of those guys for those reasons. I am out on doing the Kegels and keeping it tight this week with Kegel Allen. Uh, Mike Williams, yes, please. We saw what Hollywood Brown did last week. Mike Williams working the perimeter. He's going to kill it. The Vikings are kind of beat up at cornerback right now. So Mike Williams is going to return to Mike Williams of old. He's going to get the volume. He's going to get the goal line targets as well. So big Mike Willie week. And Mikey is at 66. Yes, please. Yes, please. Enter my lineup. Mike Will. All right. That's all we got there. Oh, wait, hold on. Vikings, okay. Everybody loves Dalvin Cook in this spot. And it sounds like Dalvin Cook will play. Dalvin Cook is going to cost you eight grand. Okay, so I don't know. He's got some mental things to think about. Um, I don't know. I, I think there's too much uncertainty. I think if you're in the Dalvin Cook camp, from a legal perspective, you'd want him to operate business as usual and, you know, just just keep letting the evidence present itself and say, I was a victim. I think they'd want to approach it that way and he could get his usual workload or the coaching staff could say, you've got a lot of personal things going on. Let's just kind of limit... Uh, your usage, and divvy it up with the sous chef, Madison. Who knows? Just too much uncertainty. And I'm going to stay away from it. Holy Hannah, I don't know what just happened. I got pulled in all these directions with work. I had to grab a NFT on the marketplace. So I paused. Apologize. Sorry, not sorry. Can't remember where I left off. Um... 
some of this might be a repeat as a result, but we were talking about the Vikings offense. Uh, if you didn't pick up on that, I took a little break <laughs> before I started saying all that nonsense. Okay. Um, Vikings offense, like Dalvin Cook, too much uncertainty. Uh, wide receivers versus the Chargers secondary makes me nervous. Staying away. End of story. We got Philly going to Denver. Um, over under in this one, 45 and a half. Denver favored by two and a half. And I'm thinking a lot about the Denver Broncos that showed up last week. Will the same Denver Broncos show up this week? I'm not sure. What I do know is the secondary, um, pretty similar. It's kind of a similar defense. They're a little easier to run on. Looks like Slay must be hurt. That is worth noting. Is Darius Slay hurt? Is his name Darius Slay? That could change how I view this game quite a bit. Um, weird. Okay. Not seeing anything pull up right away, but day to day with a hamstring injury. Okay, that is kind of fascinating to me. We also got a couple other pieces. Avante Maddox. Okay, Slay and Avante Maddox returned to the field, practice field that is today, so. Okay, sorry, that was worth investigating because without Darius Slay, that changes the landscape here quite a bit because Eagles are tough on the perimeter with Slay and with uh, Steven Nelson. No, that's not the guy I was thinking about. Is it Avante Maddox? I don't know. Anyway, no, Maddox is their slot guy. Okay. <sighs> this makes it interesting. I really thought I was going to love Jerry Judy in this matchup. Avante Maddox isn't the toughest guy. I think you do target the Eagles in the slots still. I'll say that. So I'll give Judy an upgrade. Um, I still think he makes the love list, but if they're dinged up on the perimeter, I mean, it's going to, it's not going to funnel the Judy as much as I thought it would. And Sutton and Patrick are going to get a little bit more play. Um, with the timeshare and the running backs, I'm not going to try to guess that one. I think they'll both succeed. But it's you're playing roulette trying to understand who is going to get the touchdown. I don't know. I just don't know. I'm going to expect Slade to play in this one just based on that report. So I'm still going to upgrade Jerry Judy and put him on this list. Jerry Judy. And he's just too cheap not to. Um, 5,300. You got to think the Eagles will be a little bit more competitive than the Cowboys, even though the Cowboys way better team. Obviously, everybody knows that. But it'd be hard to repeat how poorly the Cowboys played, regardless of how shitty or good of a team you are. Versus the Broncos defense. 
They're a little beat up at linebacker. So that's why it was a good Zeke game in last week, but he got banged up, didn't really work out, and they were playing from behind the whole time. So can't really trust any of these running backs, but it does make you a little bit nervous about how well Hertz is going to do if there's goal line vultures again, uh, eating up the touchdown volume. Jalen Hurts should be able to spread the ball around. There's not any like glaring funnel opportunities. I think all of these wide receivers have a good matchup. Uh, Devonta Smith, I mean, he's going against Ronald Darby. I believe we might have another injury in the secondary. And I'm spacing. What's the Broncos rookie cornerback name? What is it? Why can't I think of his name? So, yeah, Patrick Sertan. That's right. I knew that. I was going to say Patrick Sertan, but I, it's like there's no way Patrick Sertan Sr. is that old, but he is. Okay. Um, anyway, rookie Patrick Sertan is going to miss multiple games with a knee sprain. Okay, that is good to know. That is good to know. That's as of Monday. So that changes things quite a bit. No Sertan, he was definitely the best, and he complimented Darby pretty well. Um, Wide receivers are now getting an upgrade. Linebacking core, not the best. I can actually see a pretty darn good game for Hertz out of this one. I think Goddard does well. I think Rager and Quez Watkins, whenever they're in there, they'll do well. Devontae Smith will do well. So I'm suddenly really liking Jalen Hurts when I I thought he was going to be off the table for me, especially after how the Cowboys did last week. Jalen Hurts, yes, please. Wow. Surprise. Surprise of the podcast for me, quite personally there. Last game of the slate. It's a good one to save for last. 49 over under Seahawks going to Green Bay. Uh, we expect Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson to be back in this game. Let's just make sure that's still the case. Aaron Rodgers. Matt LaFleur said Thursday, Rodgers has been continued to be take part of virtual meetings. Remains on track to start. All right, that makes me confident. Russell Wilson released a comeback video. They'll be considered full practice participant Wednesday if they, whatever. Okay. Yeah. So you got, okay, high over under. You got Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, back in action for a good old-fashioned shootout. And that'll probably get you off of A.J. Dillon in this one. It was intriguing versus uh, poor rush defense. And with them wanting to lean on him almost more so than Aaron Jones last week with Jordan Love behind center, but you gotta love Devonta Adams back in action in this one. I think that uh, offense is just going to go back to funneling through him. And at 79, it's pretty good. Just like um, Najee Harris was 7,900. Devonta Adams at 7,900 is ridiculous. Re- Ridiculous, especially with both the quarterbacks back. Adams, 
for sure makes a list at 79 and that's it. Um, you could do Aaron Rodgers. You could go for him. He's 7,100. Um, I'm not going to put him on the list, but 7,100 in a shootout. Very interesting. Um, but Herbert at 73, I like, just like that matchup better versus the Vikings. Prescott 69. Um, you know, Matt Ryan at 6K. I'm just, I'm just not going to put Aaron Rodgers down with those options. And Russell Wilson, um, Lockett and Metcalf totally in play with great matchups in this one. Still no Alexander in this Vikings defense. And very beatable cornerbacks, especially with Wilson under center with banged up running backs. Chris Carson might be back. If he is, he'll probably be limited with his neck issue. So they're going to let Wilson cook, as they like to say, and lock it in Metcalf. Gotta love him in this game and high over under point total. Lockett's only 65. Metcalf is 68. So I'll put both of them in play. I think like most people, they're about the same price. I lean towards Metcalf, especially with the, just has more touchdown upside. And Tyler Lockett, and they both have home run ability. I don't know. But I think they're both in consideration. So we'll put Tyler Lockett too. And that's it. That's all I got. Um, looking at this list, getting back to it, we have at quarterback, you got your Dak Prescott at 69, Matt Ryan at 6K, Trevor Lawrence at 5,300, and Jalen Hurts at 65. God, I forgot about that one. That's that's a very interesting one. Um, yeah. Running back, pretty narrowed down. We got Durnest. Johnson, definitely the lock, the chalk, lock and chalk of the week. Najee Harris at 79. Um, Dernis was at 47. Not sure if I said that. JD McKissick, if you want to get very cute. JD McKissick at 5,200, expecting him to get a lot of targets. Heavily involved in this PPR format. Gotta love it. Uncle Linny getting the volume in that one. Great price point at 6,100. Yes, please, versus those... Washington football team guys. Wide receiver, Amari Cooper, high over under, like his matchup the best there. Julio Jones at 5,400. Uh, should funnel to him if Vladimir is shadowing um, AJ Brown. And Julio has pretty darn good matchup. Chris Godwin, yes, please. He's been killing it with Antonio Brown. He's going to do it again in this game. Uh, Big Mike Williams uh, against the Vikings defense. Absolutely. We got Jerry Judy. He's in a good spot. He has a good price. He's only 5,300. He had six for 60-ish last week. And if they have to funnel and attack more, he's going to do better. Devontae Adams, 79. And a high over-under, of course. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett just talked about those two. 68 and 65 um, you know, for both those guys. And then tight end, Kyle Pitts, just in a... Hell of a spot for 58, way too cheap for the number one target in that game. And TJ Hawkinson, why not? He's 55, um, only worth 
getting cute and putting him in his flex. I'd rather have Pitts over him. And then if you want to go cheaper, Rick is Seals Jones, the forgotten man at 3,700. So that's all I got. Finishing it up um, very late on a Thursday here. Had to really alter the schedule and not take lunch and figure shit out to do this. So thank y'all for listening, if you did. And good luck tonight. Good luck this weekend. And goodbye. Goodbye.